time for the Retirement Roadmap Podcast with registered financial consultant, Glenn Mosseller. It's another edition of the Retirement Roadmap Podcast. I'm Walter Storholt here alongside Glenn Mosseller. He is a registered financial consultant and the founder and president of Roadmap Financial Consulting with an office in Greensboro on Mears Chapel Road. You can find us online by going to greensbororetirement.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast there, and you can also check out some more great information, articles, videos, different resources available there on the website. You can even schedule a time to meet with Glenn if you've got any questions after listening to today's podcast. Just look for the free consultation button at the bottom of the page. Glenn, you ready to play a little game of what if on today's show? Let's do it, Walter. <laughs> so what here, do you got? Here's the idea. I'll just kind of present a scenario to you. What if you know I were in this situation? How would you help me? Or what would you tell me I should do or expect or how I should react? Those kinds of things. So first scenario, first what if. What if I had an old life insurance policy that let's say I didn't really need it anymore, at least I don't think I need it anymore. Is there any reason not to just take the cash value out of that policy and decide to invest it somewhere else? So Walter, a couple things come to mind with that. You know, I mean, a lot of times folks think in terms of that they don't necessarily need life insurance anymore once they get to retirement. And that may or may not be true, right? And the reason I say it may or may not be true is that when you think in terms of what most people have life insurance for, typically life insurance is there to, you know, to help reproduce income, right? If one person passes away, obviously the major breadwinner or possibly if both people are working, maybe there's life insurance on both people in a couple. And they think, well, now I've retired, I've got Social Security, I'm, re- re- you know, I'm getting my pension or I've turned on my 401k or my IRA. And, and so now we don't really need to have that life insurance. And like I said, that may or may not be true. One of the things that a lot of people don't really think about is that at some point in their retirement life, taxes are going to go up for them. And the reason I say that with so much certainty is that, you know, even if tax rates stay exactly the same, if you're a married couple and one person passes away, then that means that within the not too distant future, you're going to start filing tax returns as a single person rather than a married couple. And what that does is that it cuts the thresholds as to when you go into the next tax bracket in half. So for an awful lot of folks, what ends up happening is that their income stays very similar. Obviously, you know, one of the Social Securities drop off, but the, you know, the higher of the two stays there. Sometimes the pension gets adjusted some, or if there is a pension. But if there's money coming in from IRAs or 401ks, those distributions, they're going to be basically the same, assuming that the surviving spouse, you know, the, the one who passed away, if they inherited their IRA or their 401k, they're going to have to be taking that same income at least once they've reached 70 and a half because there's those required minimum distributions. So when you start thinking about that and you say, oh, gosh, I'm going to go into the next tax bracket, you know, much quicker. Well, now all of a sudden that maybe changes the need for income. So there might still be a reason to have life insurance there. It's not necessarily true for everybody, but, you know, it's something that definitely needs to be examined and analyzed because a lot of people don't think about that. The other thing is that, you know, if you have cash value built up in a life insurance policy, 
and you just take it out and cash it in, in all likelihood, there's going to be at least a portion of that that's going to be subject to taxation, which you may not end up you know, having as much money as you thought you did. So then you also might, you know, depending upon where you are in this particular year that you're thinking about taking it out, that might push you into another tax bracket or there might be other ramifications that you have to consider. But I would also you know, ask people to think in terms of what is their current plan for long-term care? Right. Because there's an awful lot of folks out there that realize, you know, I really need to do a little bit more for long term care planning than what I've already done. And there's an awful lot of products out there, you know, in the marketplace that are hybrid type of products, meaning that, you know, you might have a life insurance policy that also has long-term care benefits or some annuities that have long-term care benefits or, you know, a way that they're going to pay out more for a period of time for long-term care. So it might be a situation where you maybe don't cash it out and reinvest it, but maybe you just, you move it to another type of an insurance product and possibly avoid the taxation if there's any taxation that would be, would happen if you took it, you know, out and just basically do a transfer. It's almost like a rollover of a 401k to an IRA. It's not exactly the same, but it's similar. You know, they actually, you know, call it a 1035 exchange, which it moves from one company to another company. And in essence, you're saying, okay, I'm going to trade this set of benefits for that set of benefits with a different insurance product. And oftentimes you say, hey, you know, hey, this is really going to serve me better. I've saved this money into this policy and let's make sure that it's now serving you in the way that it needs to be serving you given the stage of life that you're in. Great analysis, I think, there, Glenn. And I love playing this what-if game on the program because we can kind of go through different scenarios, different examples, different elements of the financial world. And certainly that conversation around life insurance policies is one that happens all the time in Glenn's office as people try to decide one of the best ways to go for their particular situation. Let's play another what-if game. This one is particularly pertinent to the financial landscape that we are in, kind of in this you know, first half of 2019 here, let's say that I know that I have too much money just sitting in the bank, but I'm scared of a market crash. So I'm kind of tempted to just keep it there. But, you know, I'm, I'm also worried about, you know, just too much of it just sitting around doing nothing. Right. Well, yeah, Walter. And again, I mean, it, it, we have to know a little bit more information about that particular situation. Again, you know, is this longer term money? Is it shorter term money? When are you going to need it? You know, how old are you? How close are you to retirement? Are you already in retirement? What kind of monies have you saved already? You know, not only just how much money have you saved, but how is it positioned? Do you have a certain amount of money in the market? Do you have some money in, in other vehicles, maybe annuities or life insurance? You know, what about your Social Security benefits? Do you have a pension? All of those things are going to play into the overall plan versus saying, well, I've got this money, you know, then the kind of the mindset for a lot of folks is I've got this money, the place that I can put it is in the bank or in the market, right? And there's an awful lot of other choices out there that folks don't realize are there a lot of times, or maybe if they do realize it, they don't know all of the details or as many details as they think they understand about, you know, a bank account or the market. And so what's really important is to look at your particular situation and what is the context of you having this money sitting in the bank? Does it make sense for it to be there? Maybe it makes sense for a part of it to be there and to take another part and do something else with it. It might be the market. It might be another place. And so that's some of the questions that we would go through in terms of, you know, making sure that your money is working for you 
And what I mean by that is that it's working in concert in a plan that is really designed to give you the benefits and access to the money when you need it and to make sure that it lasts for a lifetime. Important considerations there as well. Do you have a lot of people coming through the door afraid of market crashes right now, Glenn, or a big market crash potentially on the horizon? When you have an increased volatility, obviously, you know, you get more of those questions and folks have more concerns and whatnot. The basic bottom line is, is that nobody has a crystal ball. You know, obviously, there's you have market cycles, you know, you have economic cycles, markets go up and markets go down. Typically, you know, most market cycles or economic cycles tend to be, you know, five to seven years. This one's obviously been quite a bit longer. You know, we're into the 10th year since things bottomed out back in 09. If we use history as any kind of a guide, we have to realize that there's going to be another bear market and whether or not we that's already begun or whether you know we're getting some false signals. You know, obviously, the only way you ever answer that question is through the rearview mirror, right? I mean, nobody knows for sure. And if somebody's telling you, hey, I know this and I know that about what the future is going to hold, then you should probably get up and walk out of that office and, you know, and keep moving, right? Now, that's not to say that you don't plan for the future, but you plan for the future with the things that you can control. And there's a lot of things that you can do to position your money to make sure you're going to be okay, regardless of what the market does. But if you leave yourself exposed and too many of your assets exposed to the market, then you leave yourself fewer choices in the future. And so what I really am saying is that you want to make sure that there's a plan there. But of course, you know, whenever you see turbulence in the market, folks get a little, you know, you get more apprehensive and concerned and, and rightly so. But, you know, again, if you have a plan that makes sense that's going to take you through time, you know, that should help you, um, you know, lower your stress level about what's going to be happening in the market, because really you should be positioned in such a way that that really shouldn't be affecting your your near-term, you know, lifestyle and, you know, and that kind of planning. We're playing the what-if game, and let's present maybe one more scenario for this week, Glenn. Let's say I inherited a lot of stocks and mutual funds from a relative recently, and one of my friends who trades stocks told me that I'd have to pay a ton of taxes because we don't know the beginning price for these investments. They're old and they weren't tracked you know, way back when, when they were first purchased, I suppose. So he said it would be treated as gains and I'm going to have a huge tax bill on my hands. Does that sound right? Well, Walter, I mean, it again, I mean, I hate to say this, but it does depend, right? And what does it depend upon? Well, it depends upon, you know, what kind of an account is that money in, right? If it's in an IRA or a 401k type of an account, and you know that those kinds of accounts, if it's a traditional, if it's pre-tax dollars, then it's absolutely, it's, you know, it's going to be subject to taxation. And so, you know, the amount that you take as a distribution out of that type of retirement account is going to be added to your other income. And then you'll have the tax consequences of adding that additional income to your tax return in that particular year that you've taken it out. So in that case, it potentially it could be significant you know, amount of taxes, depending upon, you know, what your other income is, how much you're taking out, etc. There's also the possibility that this money was in a what we would call a non-qualified account where it was outside of a retirement account. And those mutual funds and stocks were purchased with after-tax dollars rather than pre-tax dollars. And in that situation, traditionally, you're going to have capital gains, you're going to have dividends potentially, and those things are going to have the treatment that they have in the tax code. But typically what happens is, and obviously you're going to want to examine your particular account and talk to your, you know, your advisor 
advisor and whoever does your taxes as to what the implications are going to be if it's in that type of an account. But if you are inheriting it, truly inheriting it, and then you received it after that person died, and now it goes into your name after they've passed away, you know, what happens in that kind of an account as in a non-qualified account, we think in terms of that there's a tax basis in terms of where you acquired those stocks or those mutual funds. So for instance, the person that you inherited them from, if they owned them from way back when and they sold them while they were still alive, presumably if the values of those particular you know, investments were significantly higher, then they potentially could have quite a bit of capital gains tax to pay, right? depending on their situation. But if you inherit that in that kind of an account, and it's not a retirement account, what ends up happening is when the IRS looks at that and your tax basis is different, you get what's called a stepped up basis. The value of where you acquired it is that, you know, when that person passed away and now it transfers to you, your tax basis is the value of, as it is today. So it depends upon a variety of things. Again, you want to talk to your uh, CPA or, or you know your tax advisor, you know, or if you're working with a holistic planner, you know, an advisor that does that type of work, you know, in their office, you know, and work with a CPA, or if they'll work with your CPA, then you know, and of course that's what we do here is you know we do taxes, we do tax planning, we do tax preparation. We can work through that if you're working with a holistic you know type of planner and determine what's going to be the best way for you to position those assets as you receive them. Kind of the first thing to do is, you know, don't do anything until you seek out good advice and you really have a game plan because there's times when if you take an action and you sell something or take a distribution from something, it's kind of one of those things that you can't undo sometimes. And so you want to make sure that you know what the implications are going to be on the actions that you take. And of course, it's better to know what's going to happen, you know, and determine what you're going to do knowing the implications rather than just doing something and then say, hey, well, I just sold that or I just took that distribution. Now, what does that mean to me? Sometimes that's going to be the, you know, it's going to be a difficult, you know, answer that you get because it's like you you took action before you know what the uh, what the results were going to be, particularly in a tax code. And that's something that you always want to try to you know, get a handle on is what are going to be the implications before you take an action rather than, hey, I just did this. Now what? That kind of puts you in a difficult spot. Well, every couple of weeks, Glenn, I like to ask you about, you know, what your process looks like when somebody comes into the office in Greensboro. If somebody has one of these situations that we've talked about on the show today, maybe it's something a little bit different, but they have their own what if, but it's not a what if, it's their actual situation. What's the process look like? How do you take them from hello to, okay, you've got a great financial plan in place now? Right. You know, we obviously, we sit down with folks. We want to get to know them. You know, we want them to get to know us. We want to see if it's a good fit for us to start into a conversation. You know, we after we've talked a bit, we get to get a better idea as to, you know, what are folks looking for? So we do some exploration and discovery and, you know, try to determine, okay, what do you want your future to look like? You know, what do you want your retirement to look like? You know, what are your goals and and what are your concerns? You know, where are you in life? Are you still working? You know, you know, are you in retirement? Are you making that transition? You know, what is your legacy plan? What do you want to leave for kids and grandkids or for charities or causes that you care about? All of those things play into it. And really, it's like I say, when we start off, it's a discovery process to determine, you know, well, what is your situation? Can we enhance it? When we get to know folks and we 
go in these types of conversations, we really find out more and more as to what's going to be the best fit and how to position different assets and different accounts so that they're going to serve you know, the ultimate goals and take care of those concerns as, along the way. And that's normally a you know, several meeting process, obviously, because there's a lot to go over and there's a lot of questions to ask and answer. And you know, we really try to make sure that we take our time and really get a sense of what are we looking to accomplish rather than there's a lot of financial salespeople out there that are just looking to put you into this account or sell you this particular you know item and that's that's really you know you got to watch out for that kind of thing you want to make sure that you're taking your time and that that advisor that you're working with is in fact working in your best interest and that's what we strive to do as fiduciaries is we, we want to sit down find out what exactly it is that you're trying to accomplish and then the advice and, and the plans that we put in place are, are in your interest. Well, if you have questions like what we've talked about on the show today or something that concerns you in your own financial life and you want to talk those things out with Glenn Mosseller, here's the great news. He's got an office on Muir's Chapel Road in Greensboro, so it's convenient if you're in the triad to come by and say hello. You can schedule that time to meet online from your smartphone or computer by going to greensbororetirement.com. That's greensbororetirement.com. Or you can call 336-291-3535 to get in touch. That's the 336 area code. 291 3535 and request a chance to meet with Glenn over the phone or even just ask some of the questions that might be on your mind. Glenn can help you down that road. Glenn, thanks for playing the What If game with us today, and we'll have another good conversation on tap next week. All right, Walter, take care. That's Glenn Mosseller. I'm Walter Storholt. Thanks for taking some time to join us this week. We'll talk to you next time on the Retirement Roadmap. 